That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a rewatch of Zack Snyder's Dawn of Justice, one minute at a time. I'm curious to know how many different variations of this I'm going to end up saying by the time we get to like 150. Yeah, well, I, I just tried to change the inflection on my name up a little bit because I'm, I'm always like, I'm Stephen Colbert. I'm Andrew Dice. Yeah, so I'll start saying that now, yeah. We're going to get into like minute, like 140, and um, and it'll be like, I am Stephen Colbert. <laughs> and I, yeah, we are approaching, well, not approaching, we are diving into minute 19, which may or may not be the last minute in Nairobi. It seems like just yesterday we were watching Blood in the Sky, All That Wind. Yeah, we had left the island scientist goodbye, and we weren't sure what we, we've been through. We met and lost Jimmy. So much has gone on here. Gears are turning. Lois has witnessed, she's witnessed one murder. She was spared a, a whole lot of them and then saved by Superman. But Lois and Python and his horsemen are about to witness uh, the human costs of Lex Luthor's plan, which probably shouldn't be overlooked as, as we start to wonder uh, about his character and what he's capable of. Not just the gunmen who do it for him, but that will make up, uh, I believe, the entirety of Minute 19, almost uh, to the second. So cue the horses. You ready to go? I am. I don't even know that if I'm going to use a, an audio cue here because I don't believe any words are spoken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that. It's just kind of music, right? Yeah. Yeah, as the Python and his horsemen arrive, which we got just a, a like two seconds of in the previous minute. This time around, they ride into Amajog's base here, as you called out, Python on horseback, again, marking kind of the approach of death, literally approach of, of kind of transitioning from this part of the story to the next. I will point out Python, the unhesitating hero, is astride a white horse while all of his men are on dark, if not black horses, which seems important. Yeah. Also, he's in white. For me, I read this and I think, of course he is. Of course he would be. He's Bailey Chase. He is a god among men. <laughs> the shots of them coming in, this is very much like a, you know, I guess Superman blowing up the, the drone and the missile has, has called in the cavalry because we also have helicopters. Yeah, I was going to say, where do those come from? Because there's not supposed to be a presence here and they were undercover. You know, they're riding horses. That's how undercover they are. And then all of a sudden there's helicopters already on the scene. Well, you know what I mean? It would be a, a good case to be made. We we spoke a lot about the kind of international ramifications of of Americans being here. I guess Superman entering into the scene gives them a heck of a good excuse for being here. True. We get the, the you know, the women crying. Oh, I was just going to say, this scene always, especially this part where they're, the Americans are coming in, they're being waved in, always kind of evoked Black Hawk Down to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just very much has that same kind of visceral, like, wow, this is rough. <laughs> I did notice uh, like you know on the surface this can be like we're just watching them find what we already saw happen more more shots of surveillance cameras in this which just amplifies my curiosity about that but the things that did stand out for me were 
there are a few shots of this was all almost totally removed from the uh, theatrical cut. I don't know if we mentioned that, but while there is a big pile of men burned together, there are also soldiers that were burned where they stood mm-hmm. or propped up against walls and then burnt and piled, uh, you know, into into this burning, smoldering pile with all of their guns in a separate pile next to them. Mm-hmm. If you get photos or video of this, that implies something more than how it would appear that it went down, right? That, well, how in the world would anyone think that Superman did this? It's everybody shot and piled together and then set on fire. Like, none of this makes sense for Superman. Yeah. But when you factor in some of these men were, like, burnt to a crisp where they stood, the ones that... That were left were piled together and killed and their guns were piled together and destroyed. There is just a, a lot of really charged imagery that, it, you know, kind of speaking to the larger themes of the movie, I guess. How do you, who is your image of Superman, this God who does what he wants and is so much better than us and better than our wars and our conflicts? If you see footage of a pile of soldiers disarmed and burned and the guns that they had in a pile burned, what soldier would do this, right? Like what enemy would display like this this seems like a you know something that an enraged god would do more yeah. than just some enemy that they have yeah or yeah imagine like i guess this isn't so much real world as another comic book world but imagine like the j jonah jameson reaction to this yeah. right you might even say what he's he's a threat superman <laughs> is a public enemy yeah a nuisance or uh yeah or, uh, any of those yeah or, uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, besides, uh, besides that though, yeah, if you're looking, like for more of a real, real world grounding, you know, just look at the media and how, and how anything is, is reported. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that, uh, people would try to find a way to blame Superman for this. Yeah. I think that is something that is one of the many things that is accentuated better in the ultimate cut. Uh, as you said, with the sort of showing the bodies, I, I have always thought that the, the movie places a little bit too much weight or the movie doesn't but the narrative within the movie is that so much of the weight of the narrative of what really happened here is placed on the shoulders of the eyewitnesses when you know they went through so much effort to kind of set the scene as you're saying and we and we do see more of that here um so it's always a little bit surprising that they don't you know there's no experts on to discuss you know what you pointed out that you know these don't appear to be people that were were shot and piled or or whatever it doesn't look like yeah. a like a scene where people were were gunned down like a war yeah yeah and um and so that's definitely implied here but i just always thought found it a little bit curious that that they go entirely off of what the witness says as opposed to um you know that you'd think that would make a great interview on the on the tv for example about how well we know superman has you know heat vision Mm-hmm. Um, not that I, I can't imagine that someone's saying heat vision seriously on a broadcast in this universe, but <laughs> yeah, pour one out for the guy writing the chirons on the news to whether you capitalize it, yeah. whether it's one word <laughs> hyphenated. Never have I felt more intensive empathy <laughs> for a fictional character than this one we just conjured up right here. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it is true. I guess all of this kind of speaks to what happened here. And I guess it kind of like I can be generous. I don't know if this is intended in the movie, but it definitely fits with my perception of of Lex's plan here is that people will assume the worst. Yeah. Even if it's not everybody, if if you give, if you raise the question, because if it's just everybody, you know, whatever, people are just shot where they are and then left dead, no one will think Superman did it. If you even raise a question did Superman do this? And we kind of come to that later with the with the bombing, um, you know, later in the movie is what role did Superman have in this? Even asking that question, imagine that on Twitter, 
Right. Right. Like that is just. Well, and imagine it also in like, you know, like I said before, the movie doesn't really get into the partisan side of, of the political situation, but the United States is supposed to be neutral here. Right. So it'd be yep. one thing if this was in a in an existing war zone where there was supposed to be a U.S. presence, but like I don't think we even know what party the the president or the you know the the controlling party in the United States is during no. this movie. I think we just know that a couple of the specific senators are mentioned. So, but imagine this happens, people aren't going to so much look at you know was Superman right or wrong initially as does this look bad for the party in charge and do I want them to look good or bad. Superman is an easy scapegoat for anyone that is that is trying to shield the administration that is illegally, maybe not illegally, but underhandedly getting themselves involved in a zone where they pledged neutrality, right? And I think the the scene is basically over. We we find you know Lois helping a woman and then finding her journal, and then Python and his men finding her, and she stares down the camera. Basically, you know, Amy Adams looking like she feels every single thing that has just happened here weighing on her. And as she's looking down the camera, it does have the sense of her staring down what she knows is now coming. Yeah. After all this happened for basically the reasons that we're outlining is people are going to want to find out what happened here, why it happened, and who is responsible. Yeah, well, it's almost like she, as a, as the journalist, she's more aware of the the optics of the situation, which, you know, we, we'll discuss in a few scenes because she tells tells Clark exactly what it means but you know he's more interested in saving her whereas she's like this is going to be difficult to explain on many levels so the lack of a clear narrative is due to two things one Lex Luthor manipulating it and two the U.S. government not wanting people to know what actually happened and allowing Superman to be thrown under the bus for it and again Superman's whole thing is him holding himself accountable Uh, this is probably going to haunt him because he didn't stay there He, he saved the day he saved Lois that should be the right thing to do. Right, well, he's not concerned with the PR or um, or like how it looks. Yeah, exactly. He's more concerned with dealing with the threat and then, yeah. you know, kind of thinking like, oh, the, the journalism is Lois's job, which, you know, Clark is a journalist, too. But I guess he's being put on sports beats and stuff. So <laughs> we, we leave Lois staring down the next minute of the movie. Um, I'm, I'm now imagining that every listener to the podcast when they reach this point of the episode is now giving her expression, <laughs> uh, re- realizing that it's going to be an another several days before we get to the introduction of the American Senate, the American government, and the American idea of justice coming into this. Yeah. But we can say we are officially done with Nairobi. Yeah. Something interesting about Nairobi that we, um, I think, in every single minute, but um, there's not really been a place to mention it. So I guess as we close out, um, this is totally the same set that they used for the nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, I guess it would be. Yeah, why would they do it somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, well, and they just kind of um, they up the uh, the dust and maybe, you know, chain, swap out some scenery. But uh, there's a, n- a number of moments in here where it felt – it started with me thinking, oh, I wonder if that's like a, a visual parallel that they're establishing. And kind of the more I watched it, I was like, oh, no, I think it's just – it's just the same set, <laughs> which I think, like you said, makes a lot of sense. Why would they build a separate desert compound? The only other really thing that I have to comment on is appreciating it after the fact that if we take the code name Talon as being bird related, then this segment of the film does literally play out as it's a bird, it's a plane, then it's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... Uh, I don't... Yeah. I can't imagine that was intended, but in the off chance that it was, uh, you know what? Or no, regardless, everyone can now have that in their mind. And, uh, I, I think we will leave you with that as we, uh, bid farewell to Nairomi, bid farewell to KG Beast for a while and move on into what the, the part of Blockbuster 
movies that everybody loves, the politics. You know, the chessboard is in play now, um, I guess, as you as you pointed out. So, there you go. Yeah, the red capes are coming. So much to look forward to. Oh, damn it, the red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. The red capes are coming. Hmm. One if I land. Hmm. Two if by air. Hmm. Ma- machinate machinations machinations. Mach- I-, I say machinations or mach- machinations. Or machination. I-, I never say machinations. I say machinations. I don't know why. I just said. I, uh, anyway, ignore me. Continue. <laughs>